Hello, Wisconsin. Welcome to this week's episode of the Project Pitcher Podcast. This week, we're going to talk to Lalise Stamps. She is the founder of Lolly Lolly Ceramics out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Kind of a, a small-scale ceramics and production studio. Go to her website. Look at the work that she's done. She kind of started with this 100 Mugs in 100 Days project that we'll talk about. Crazy creative. She blew up after that. And the New York Times on the Daily Show all over the place. And just it's a really good story about pandemic and how that changed the way she thought about things and decided to do something for herself. So inspiring, good story. Looking forward to sharing it with you. Hi, Louise. Hi, Kyle. Welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. People can't see, but you're wearing a Yankees hat. So we were talking Yankees a little bit before. <laughs> so we'll we'll get into some New York <laughs> Yankees stuff later. Um, okay. Quick, quick introduction. So Lalise is the founder and owner of Lolly Lolly Ceramics, small-scale ceramics design and production studio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Incredibly cool designs, which we'll get into as well. Thank you. But, but before we talk um, Lolly Lolly Ceramics, I want to talk about you a little bit. So what's kind of your backstory from where you were born and raised through maybe early jobs before Lolly Lolly? We'll go through that. Sure. I mean, I've definitely had a lot of jobs in my life. Um, and I guess to give more clear backstory about being from Milwaukee, I am was born and raised in Milwaukee, but I lived in Columbus, Ohio for 10 years, and that's actually where I started my business. And in 2021, I decided to move back to Milwaukee because my business was growing so much that it felt right to grow my business in my own hometown. So uh, that's a little bit backstory about being born here and like the business and where it started. Absolutely. And, and yeah. you went to school, you went to college in Columbus as well. Is that right? Yeah, I went to the Columbus College of Art and Design, aka CCAD. Okay. But that wasn't my first time going to college. I went to Columbia in Chicago out right. of high school and and I didn't really find success there. Right. Uh, so I quit school, basically moved to Columbus because I had friends there and now I'm here again. <laughs> and, and it all worked out. That's Everywhere awesome. in the Midwest, right? I love the that's, Midwest, I guess. That's perfect. Yeah. And <laughs> all right. So you're done with school and it seems like a lot of a lot of the business ended up starting with this hundred mug project. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but maybe tell tell us a little bit more about this hundred mug project that you did. Yeah. So um hundred mug pro the hundred mug project essentially is a project that I did in two thousand nineteen. And it started because I was working full-time as a graphic designer and ceramics was something that I did on the side. It was definitely a side hustle that started because I, I'm just such a curious creative. I, I love trying new things. And I took a class at the local cultural arts center in Columbus and just, I really fell in love with clay. I think that marriage between my graphic design skills and making functional pieces just really made sense for me. So um, 2019, I realized that I was just kind of making the same things over and over and my clay practice got a little bit boring for me. Yeah. So I decided that I was gonna test myself, push my limits a little bit, and I wanted to do a 100 mug project, which essentially I made 100 mugs with 100 different handles in 100 days, and that was... <laughs> The start of Lolly Lolly Ceramics, essentially. So it wasn't a business before then. It was that was you were just doing that because you liked working with clay. That was kind of not a business at that point. 
not um, technically in my eyes. I did have an LLC because I okay, was okay. selling at markets and oh, I gotcha. fleas. Yeah, so it was a business in a sense, but it wasn't really something that I put a lot of my energy into. It's just more fun and a, a great way to engage with the community. Yeah. But it wasn't until 2020 during the pandemic when after that whole project is when it really became a business. And I think I'd recommend people go to your website and look at the hundred different handles. I think it's uh, it's one thing to say that. Another thing to think of, how the heck do you come up with a hundred different <laughs> handles? Which I have, I have questions on that later. Of the creative oh yeah, process. that answers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so you do the hundred mug project. When was the, was there like a tipping point where you thought, oh my gosh, this is getting really big and really popular and this is going to become my full-time business? Yeah. So I did that 100 mug project at the tail end of 2019. So it was from September to December. I did a big show at the, the end of the project to show all the pieces in person, which was really fun. And then going into 2020, um, so I will say that that project definitely gained, um, you know, a big following on Instagram. So I probably had maybe like 8,000 to 9,000 followers because of that. Awesome. Um, I always say if you followed during that time, you're really lucky because seeing it live every day was just really cool and a great way to engage with people. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until about May of 2020. Um, and I, and it's really unfortunate. And, but after the, the murder of George Floyd, that was kind of a big like tipping point for me as uh, a person and also just as a business owner, uh, I think because a lot of people, you know, were home because of the pandemic and could had to sit with their thoughts a little bit. I think a lot of people were like, oh, wow, like this is happening. This is happening a lot to black yeah. and brown people. And I want to support black and brown people. So I kind of got shuffled into this big wave of like, we got to support black businesses and blah, blah, blah. And that's truly when like the, the thing, like, my trajectory really changed because yeah. I was getting a lot of attention on my work and being published in all these different publications. And it was like my wake up moment. I was like, okay, something's happening here. It feels weird right now because it's attached to a really traumatic experience. But yeah, yeah. as time went on, it continued to get more attention. And uh, I decided to quit my job in September 2020 that year. And do this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is right between George Floyd, between the pandemic, being at home, this extra wave behind you, all those things kind of came together and this awesome thing comes out of it. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic was obviously really hard for yeah. every, literally every human being, every, everything on the planet. Yeah. Um, but I definitely found a lot of um, bright spots from the pandemic that really helped me to figure out who I want, who I was and what I wanted to do. That makes sense. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, my, I started my business during the pandemic. It seems like there's so many stories like that of you're home with your thoughts and you're going mm -hmm. a little crazy and all of a sudden trajectory changes, which is And you have more cool. time, like during the yeah. pandemic. I mean, it kind of was a shift where we couldn't be social in one way, but there was more opportunity to do more like self-discovery and try yeah. new things. And I think a lot of people during that time also just realized that their main job was might not necessarily work for them. So it was a yeah. perfect opportunity, I think, for a lot of people to just kind of figure out new pathways what truly makes me happy i want to put mm -hmm. more of my efforts that direction yeah yep. that makes sense absolutely uh, the the name of the business lolly lolly yeah What's so the story there <laughs> um so at the time when i was again just selling at markets 
I needed a name for myself and Lolly is my nickname. Uh, huh. People ask all the time if I, they're like, can I call you, can I call you Lolly? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's weird now because it was like a, not like a private nickname, but it was a nickname for my inner circle of friends. Um, and now like random people will call me that on the street and like, oh yeah. I don't know okay. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fine now, obviously, like I made that decision. And at the time I just, I, the name just felt like so important and attached to me. And there was something about um, using the name twice that felt just fun and funky and not too serious. And it just rolls off the tongue, Lolly Lolly. Like it's, it's, it's fun, but it's also like the, the pieces we make feel fun and yeah. not too serious. And I think that it all just works really well together. Um, but the nickname that I got is from one of my high school teachers and uh, I had to tell her, I was like, I need to reach out to her and let her know that I have this whole business now based off of this nickname that she gave me in high school. And when I reached out to her, this is like a fun, random story. <laughs> I reached out to her and she's like, oh my God, that's so funny. I don't think she quite remembered that <laughs> she gave me that nickname. Um, but she was like, oh yeah, that's what my parents called me when I was younger. And then she was like, I also make clay and I had my own like little business called Lolly that's Clay. And I was like, what what <laughs> in what world like i had no idea because i think she taught english no or something. Kidding. i had no idea that she had any practice in clay and now like i've been able to see her work and she makes something totally different but oh. i was like how the universe is really like i was just gonna say it was meant to be somehow <laughs> it was meant to be means, i think absolutely that's, that's crazy uh -huh. uh, so hundred month project things start to go you're gonna quit your job the not so fun question but how do you fund getting it started like obviously it's going to take some money to do all that how did that go yeah um i joke that my financial advisor at the time probably she did advise me against quitting my job just because you know it, it is a nice cushion to have your your full-time job while you're trying to grow your own entity um but i just knew in my bones at that time that what was happening was just bigger than myself and if i didn't really take advantage of it and put my myself 100% into it, then I just wouldn't be giving it the due justice that it deserved. Um, so I think for me, what I ended up doing, I did do a fundraiser where I was able to raise um, almost $70,000 toward- Right. Yep. Um, and that's just part of that moment that was happening. You know, I oh, think yeah. that some people were paying attention to me and again, really wanting to support me in some way. So it was like, okay, why don't, why don't we back this up with dollars? You know black and brown businesses sometimes really or a lot of times get a lot less funding and struggle when it comes to starting their own businesses um so it was really nice that i was able to get that funding i was able to get a few grants that year i got one Gosh. through yeah through american express that was for like twenty thousand dollars um and so those things obviously were really helpful in you know me making that transition and getting my own studio space I was able to hire an assistant at that time who's still working for me. She um, moved from uh, Ohio to Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's just a testament to the brand and what we've been building. And she really believes in it. And uh, so, yeah, um, funding is also just kind of in general one of those hard points for me because it there it is hard to, to grow a business. Like money has to do with it a lot of the times. But I am really proud to say that we've been able to essentially bootstrap this thing. And I haven't taken on any investment, uh, nice. but I'm always seeking different types of grant opportunities. Um, I also do a lot of brand partnerships, which um, 
I get paid for those. So there are a lot of social media brand collaborations um, awesome. that have really helped to, to carry the business and, until we get to a point where we have more consistent sales. Yeah, you get paid and it's marketing at the same time, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the grants and the fundraising, like I, I've been surprised too, and it sounds like you found all these different ways that you can get some money to get started. It's not just, uh-huh. I got to dip way into my savings or ask other people for money. There's all these different ways to do it. It sounds like you've, you've done the same. Yeah. So um, I was starting to say that even to this day, there's times where financial components of the business, we I still struggle with that. And I'm always using different resources to kind of learn um, just like with cash flow and um, how to have different accounts for different usages. Um, I think my issues with financials just comes from growing up in like a household where I didn't really learn how to manage money okay. um, like the proper way. I, I used air quotes because I think there are good ways, good approaches, but there's not one right way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in terms of funding, there's a lot of opportunities out there especially in the state of Wisconsin. Absolutely. And I've tried to really tap into those uh, as much as I can. It takes time, but oh, it's yeah. really important. Well, worth it. Yeah, like worth I said, it. it's, it's not the fun thing to think about, but you got to keep money to keep the stuff going. So Yeah, I got to yeah. pay my peoples. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, you mentioned you started in Ohio, and then you uh-huh. decided to move back to Milwaukee. Uh-huh. How come? I think you kind of touched on it. Was that to be around family, friends? What led to that? Yeah, so September 2020, I quit my job full-time, and uh, that was uh, amidst the pandemic, pretty early on in the pandemic. And as time kind of went on, uh, I just realized that a lot of my friends who became my family in um, Columbus were all moving. I think the pandemic, again, was an opportunity to reevaluate your location. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were like, I don't have to be in like a, a really high... Um, cost of living state when huh. I could live in a city that's a little bit more um, cost effective. So there's a few factors for me of moving back to Milwaukee. Um, one, the biggest thing is my business was growing and I had to reevaluate if I wanted to stay in Ohio because um, I was starting to employ people more and more. And uh, it just made sense for me to move back home because my family's here. Um, I love Lake Michigan uh, in Ohio as landlocked. So it's nice to be on water again. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, those are the biggest factors. Family, the business growing. uh, And I want to contribute to the community that I grew up in. And I've already made so many great connections and have started so many really awesome efforts. So I'm excited to continue to grow and have that impact on my community and it's that's that's one of the most exciting things I that's think for sure. For absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. So when you come back to Milwaukee, how do you find a studio space? What was that oh, process man. like? That's got to be a very specific requirements. Mm. How would you do that? That actually was really challenging. I yep. I had to travel back and forth a few times because I would look for spaces like online and have friends who are living in Milwaukee help me. Um, but you really don't know a space until you go to see it. So. There's a few times where like a friend would go to see it and they're like, oh, there's, there's potential here, but it's really hard to get a hold of like the landlord. <laughs> so yeah. I would have to like come and like be like, hey, I'm traveling. I need a space. And there was even like a few people who kind of underestimate, underestimated me. Like I was in a 500 square foot space before Die. and uh, I was looking for bigger spaces. And I would tell people like, yeah, I mean, upwards towards 3000 would be great. And I, th- I think that they didn't really quite think that I were like I don't know I 
there was like this element of like, really, you need that much space? Yeah, so are like, you sure? Yeah, yeah no, right. I really do. And oh yeah, actually, to this day, I just looked at a space um, yesterday because we are really interested in offering workshops yeah. as like a, a another community building thing. Um, and the space that we have right now will work for a little while, but I think we're going to outgrow it soon. So. That's another element of like building a business is like always evolving and changing. You have to yeah. pivot. And... You think you have enough and then you need more and then you need more. Yeah. yeah. And like, and like you're saying, getting a studio space has got to be, you want to feel comfortable there and creative and you're doing stuff that's so artistic. You don't want uh -huh. just a, you know, a square, square building. You need a little more creativity. It's got to yeah, be more want... specific. Yeah, exactly. I want windows yeah. and yeah. I, like those are the kind of things I have a lot of plants and those are the kind of things that help oh. to foster like uh, a, a creative space that feels good feels like inviting um I love when people come by the studio because we have uh so so many huge windows oh. and people just kind of see like wow this is a really nice space to work in and I'm like yeah like it took a lot of work to make it feel like this and it didn't it really just happen yeah, yeah it matters yeah, yeah. And I mean, especially with I want to talk about you mentioned Instagram and social media a little bit, but you do have a, a huge following, you know, 107,000 people when I looked, which is uh -huh. unbelievable. But that your studio space also is kind of marketing, I would think, because you post uh -huh. a lot of pictures there and it looks cool. So that feeds into it as well, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. um, I actually had a meeting today with another um, business owner. I had coffee with her and we were talking about the the overall entity as a whole you know the business there's so many different components that lead up to the whole and I think that that's probably one of my strong points I think I'm definitely a visionary something I learned about myself in the past few years as I've grown yeah. this business is that like yes I'm a creative I'm an artist but like I don't I don't need to be a CEO like I need to be the visionary who helps really to make the decisions on what the space looks like how do our flyers like re represent who we are you know there's just so many components that build up to the whole um and i think that it's important to think through all those elements all the details yeah which mm -hmm. ties in good to my next question i'm always interested in um, website and marketing and how did you do that like your website is very cool very unique your instagram your marketing it's all very good how how did you get all that done <sighs> I mean, so, okay, actually during the pandemic, before things kind of exploded in the, the best way possible, in February and March, that's kind of when the pandemic really became a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was still working full time as a graphic designer, and a few of my colleagues were like, ah, oh, man, you know, we have a lot of time now on our hands, and would you ever want to consider, like, branding Lolly? Like, you've had this business for a little while, you, you eventually want it to be something, can we like brand it? So we literally had like sessions where we would go through the logos, we'd go through all the colors and all the, the typography. And I think back on that now, I'm like, I'm so fortunate because I paid those friends in like clay and like ceramics. Yeah. Um, but the work that we put into that like would cost so much now. And I do think that my background in design has led, um, it's really led itself to the overall uh, vision of what the brand looks like. And sometimes I do think it hurts me in a way because people, they see the brand and the website, they're like, oh, this is a very established brand. Yeah. But really in the interior of things internally, like we don't really have everything together, like we're Target or something. 
Still um, getting started, yeah. Yeah, we're still in the very early stages of um, figuring out everything. I mean, we, we figure out a lot now at this point, but it's just still in the early stages of yeah. figuring out our product. Yeah. It, it yeah. seems, you know, your, your example of friends helping you with the website and marketing, it seems like almost every small business person in Wisconsin I talk to has that as part of their story, that yeah. everyone here is all help, I'll do this, and it's not all I hired a firm to do this for me. There's so much of the Wisconsin, I want to help my neighbor thing that plays in. For sure. And I think yeah. that you, when you start a business, that's one of the misperceptions is that you could just throw a lot of money yeah. um, into renovating a space and to building all these different components. But it really is kind of tapping into your, your network of people. Um, you might have someone, uh, my partner, for example, went to school for finance. So he's helped a lot with the bookkeeping up until this point oh, yeah. and probably will for a while. Um, I have my friends who are designers. I have my friends who are lawyers, even though I have a lawyer who I've hired now at this point. But yeah. in the early stages, they were great resources to kind of help me to with contracts and things like that. So yeah. I always tell people, like, it, it, I am the business owner, but, like, I wouldn't get to where I am today without the help of my community and Ton my, of people my network. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, so as you were growing and as I read more about you, I see Trevor Noah. And you have his he's holding your mugs on the Daily Show. <laughs> Again, how, how how did that come about? That's so amazing. So that came about, and this is um, fair to say for most of our projects, that people reach out to us. Okay. Um, they see what we're doing, and they're like, we want to be a part of that. What can we do to partner with you? Um, for the, the case of the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, um, one of the producers is from Wisconsin. And oh, okay, okay. she came across our brand one way or another and was like, I've been waiting for a good opportunity to work with you guys. And she's like, I have this idea where, you know, we can have some of your mugs on the show with Trevor Noah and his guests. And then we could sell some of those mugs um, to an audience. That's like an exclusive run. And I was yep. like, that is so smart. Like, that's something I never thought of because, you know, talk show hosts, they have mugs usually. And it was so cool because... Like Dolly Parton, Serena Williams, <laughs> like That's... Quinta Brunson were all people who were guests on his show while they were like, they weren't sipping out of the mugs. I think you can't really drink from it when the show's live. Yeah, but yeah. It's just sitting on the table with them. And I, just, I just thought that was such a cool opportunity. And I will never forget that project. It's one of my favorite to this day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never came back to the 100 designs. Like, how did you possibly come up with 100 different <laughs> handles for the mugs? How did that process work? Um, so that really was something that I thought of like one day I was at work, I was at my full-time job sitting at my desk and I really was like, man, I, I want to do something. But I don't really, I don't really know what that means yet. And some other people have done similar projects like the 100 day project. I've also seen other ceramicists do their versions of a 100 day oh. project. And I was like, I know it's possible. And I, I, I truly just one day sat and was like, okay. What if we did like a mug with like a weird handle? And then I started making another type of handle. I literally had pages and pages of sketches, which later on when I actually made those mugs, I did realize that some of those handles didn't exactly translate because they were just like variations of themselves. Yeah, yeah. But that's where the real challenge started to happen. Um, During the project, I had to really like rid away with my sketches and really pay attention to my surroundings and in nature and uh, I would be walking down the street and I would see like a bike rack or something and it's like one of those 
swirly bike racks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, that's a cool shape. I could use that as a handle. And voila, it was like 50 out of 100 out of that 100 mug project. That's, so That's amazing. Yeah, I, I never really imagined um, what would come out of that project, truly. It was really meant for me. But um, the things that have come out of that are so cool. And I think that's one of those testaments to really kind of stepping away from the internet and kind of really immersing yourself in your surroundings and paying yeah. attention to what's around you. Do you, and maybe you just answered the question, do you find yourself still doing that? Like as you walk around looking for, oh yeah, that's a design <laughs> and just kind of constantly, even myself, as I try to think of Wisconsin shirt things, I'm constantly <laughs> looking at like, oh, that thing, you're doing the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think now, you know, I want to introduce new product. It's been a while oh. since I've been able to produce or even design new ideas. I always have ideas going through my mind and, you know, I have like an inspiration board at the studio. Um, but I'm also, I'm always thinking through like new ideas and architecture is a big thing. Whenever I travel, I love to take photos of architecture because there's some really interesting things out there that can translate in like dinnerware. And I think that's where I find a lot of the fun because every, every idea pretty much exists already. Yep. It's just iterations of it. So Yeah. I'm always looking ceramics for though. Yeah, the yeah. I mean I think one of your videos I saw where you just talk about coffee mugs and how they all have the same handle. It's something I've never thought of, but yeah, yeah they do. They all look yeah. the same. You know, this little tweak you did on something that was so cool. Is yeah. I'm impressive. really proud of it. I think I yeah. think it turned out really well and it's definitely set the tone for future projects I'm excited oh, to release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um I'm always interested in kind of solo founders and that sounds so so challenging to me and who you turn to for advice i think you kind of answered that already that you've had all these people in your life that have helped with different things along the way but right now as you're growing who are the people you turn to for advice on different things business related um i do have a few mentors who i rely on um, and they all serve different purposes so one of my mentors went to school for business and has a few businesses of his own so I'll um, lean on him sometimes just to kind of talk through even like this decision to move to a new space, like just thinking through the logistics of it, um, that renovations will need to be done. Um, how do I approach that? Um, I do lean on other business owners in general who, and that's, I guess that's something to call out is that I have no fear of reaching out to anyone at all. I think that's a really key component that I didn't really realize was key until I started talking to other people and just telling them that I do that. And they're like, oh, wow, how do you find the courage to do that? I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't have a choice. Like, there's <laughs> things that I'm up against sometimes where, like, okay, actually, this is a great example, Kyle. Literally last night, I was doing this deep dive online because we've been getting, like, cracks in, like, some of our handles. And oh, yeah, yeah. I just can't quite figure out, like, why it's happening. So I um, reached out to this guy online that I found through like a forum and he's like Swedish, literally based in Sweden, but he's like a master of ceramics and has like a background in the science of ceramics. Yeah. I woke up this morning and he already responded to me and I, I, I truly was like, this is like, I don't know the chances of him reaching out to me. And he was so friendly and I was like, yeah. see, this is just a testament to really putting yourself out there. And that's kind of what being an entrepreneur is like. Truly just putting yourself out there yeah. and trying different things and seeing what sticks. That is extremely well stated. I talked to, um, she might have been a guest mogul on your episode of Project Pitch, Jamie Andrzejewski from Nourish. Maybe she, not I don't remember, but maybe. But she, she's one of the guest moguls and she talked a lot about just showing mm. up 
and putting yourself out there exactly like you said of just do it and yes. see what happens and that was that's sort of really hard for me sounds like it's been hard for you but mm-hmm. it always tends to work out so it's uh very it good does. advice I think, yeah. I think, and in terms of the moguls, I don't think Jamie was on ours. I thought you were talking you. about like a, a business owner. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that's, it's so important to, to put yourself out there. And literally, worst case, any, they say no. Yeah. Worst exactly. case, they say no, and you're right where you are. Or they Doesn't don't matter. respond. You know, Which, it's like, what, that's the worst that could happen. And I exactly. think that's like probably one of the best advice, pieces of advice that exactly. can be given to anyone yeah. at any stage of anything. <laughs> put that's yourself out true. there. Very true. Very yeah. true. Um, I'm going to read something you wrote in a question okay. I sent you beforehand because it it struck me, and I'll give you the reason why. I see your Instagram following, Trevor Noah, everything. It seems like you are just clicking on all cylinders. You got it perfectly going. And that <laughs> one of the questions I had asked you, you said this, I lose steam all the time, but I try to maintain a healthy balance of work and play. I travel a lot, even though I run a business, make time for friends. I don't want to be a workaholic. I, that that <laughs> struck me as something, because again, I see you before we have met, and I thought, she's just got it all together, perfectly clicking every day. Not so much. I mean, like you said, I lose steam all the time. This is hard. I, mm-hmm. being Starting your own business is hard, even for someone who's doing really well like you. I don't know if mm-hmm. I have a question as much as I admire you saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to respond to that, like this past weekend, actually, I had all these plans to apply for grants because there's a lot of grants coming out right now and it's they're great opportunities i already have a good system for applying to grants but this weekend i just my body was like girl no like i i just lounged around all weekend i just i couldn't like physically do it because i had such a long week the week prior and that's just a good example of like me really listening to my body and what it's telling me or else like i'm just going to kind of run myself into the ground and I just don't think that that's really smart um to overwork yourself but it's it is ironic too because my parents and my partner's parents will always kind of comment we'll go over their house to hang out with them on the weekend but we'll go all weekend and but to us it's like sometimes we need to fit in a little bit of work and they're like oh you guys are always working or like not really like you don't really see like of course we're we're putting in some work this weekend because there's a few things like I got to run payroll, I got to do this. Yeah, yeah. But it's really just like us kind of staying on top of things and I travel all the time. I already traveled four times this year. Nice. And I think it's just kind of that balance. Like I travel and I still work a little bit, but I'd rather travel at all and work a little bit when I travel as opposed to not traveling at all. So right. I think those standards that we usually hear about working so hard it's it's, it's a, a really bad american dream i think sometimes yep. and i think that we have to define that for ourselves and i hope it doesn't sound cliche to, to listeners but i think it's really true i think we oh, really yeah. have to in the pandemic i really hope help people to realize that like you don't have to work nine to five or nine to seven whatever monday through friday like maybe have a three-day weekend and that one extra day might be the difference for you to yep. like have a better balance in your life yeah do it the way that it works for you i mean that's mm-hmm. what kind of stuck out when i read that that response from you yeah um all right pivot to project pitch it this is the project pitch it podcast gotta ask you about that how where'd that come from why did you decide to apply who told you about it what's the background there 
Um, so I have a mentor through the SBDC, which is the Small Business Development Center. Right. Um, the Small Business Development Center is a national organization, but the branch that uh, is associated to Wisconsin is through UWM. So essentially, I have a mentor through that who um, I meet with about once a month, and I kind of she's been working with me on my like business plan, for example. Um, and just other little little small business things that aren't super familiar to me. Oh. And I, she just randomly was like, hey, have you heard of this before? And so, actually, I have. I've seen a billboard for Project Pitch It, mm. but I just didn't know what it was about. And she recommended that I apply. I thought I would be a good candidate. I did. And that, the rest is history, I suppose. And that was it. Boom. <laughs> uh, yeah. anything, anything you learned along the way through the process? I mean, people who haven't been on the show, you and I have been, there's a lot of steps, you know, you do one tryout, then another application, then in person, then this, what did you learn along the way? Yeah. And I was actually going to point that out that one of the things I actually really appreciated about the process with Project Pitch It is that they really support you throughout the process. Um, It's really scary to pitch your brand and to, to learn how to create a pitch. Um, I think the hardest part for me too is, you know, I have a pitch that I, go to easily. I think when you own your own business, you basically, it's your baby. So you know how to pitch it and talk about it to people, but doing it in like a formal setting like that on with cameras on you and in trying to in two, two minutes. minutes like, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And trying to remember every little thing that you want to say. Um, that was the most challenging thing I think for me, because obviously I wanted to hit all those points and make sure they understood where I was coming from. But it's actually funny when I got in there, um, there are a few people went before me. So I was able to, you know, get some feedback from the other participants. And yeah. they basically were saying, you know, um, not to put too much energy into your pitch, which is like, what? what? Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but because they would, the, the judges will ask questions. They might interrupt you and uh, ask you questions throughout. And I was like, actually, that makes me feel better because oh. it makes it feel more conversational. So uh, I agree. Yeah, I love the process of working with Project Pitch It, and I learned so much about um, just presentation, being on camera. I've been on camera a few times, but um, in that type of setting, it was really special. And it's probably another thing, like you said, of put yourself out there, try. You know, I was I was yes. nervous and uncomfortable with it the whole time, but it ended up great, and it sounds like it's this, another example of that for you. It's practice. I mean, yeah. I would love to do more situations like that where I can get in front of the camera and speak because I think it's just only more practice for me. And when you yep. look at it in that way, it just becomes more of like a yearning to be like, oh yeah, actually I would love to do this again because, yeah. and I and I haven't seen the recording yet. So I'm like- I have, I should tell you that. I got a sneak preview, get oh, ready nice. for this. It's awesome. I mean, your, your I know it looks is, good, oh, I know. <laughs> it's awesome. You got the, the okay. pink suit on, it's yes. awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. You'll love it, yeah. Thank you, yeah, okay, cool. And yeah, that's the, the layer of it where you know you don't always get to see yourself, but you just have to trust that you put your your best foot forward and yeah. just move on. You can't put too much weight on those things sometimes. It's like, yeah. what's the next thing? Let's just move on to the next thing. You can overthink it and go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, everybody on the show gets some kind of financial reward. Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? What have you been able to do with some of the money from the show? So um, super grateful for that component. I think that was not even like the top reason for going on for me. I think for yeah. me, the Added exposure- bonus. Yeah the, yeah, the exposure of being able to reach a larger audience was really important to me. But the fact that I was able to win an award feels so special. Um, and, you know, we basically just use that towards um, 
our payroll and then we invested in a little bit of equipment that just Which... helps to make our process a little bit easier so yeah honestly any any dollar amount is always really helpful oh, God, and, yeah. yeah i'm, I'm super appreciative of it that's good you mentioned payroll how many mm-hmm. people work for lolly lolly right now that's such a tricky question for me because <laughs> we have a really awesome internship program that we built out. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we work directly with UWM and we have some interns from Maya as well. Uh, but we have some interns that are for production, so three right now, and then one for graphic design. And nice. um, so we have those as employees, but they're employed through they're they're employed through different ways. But I gotcha. maybe it's a, a grant or a stipend. Um, so they're employees, but not directly under Lolly Lolly Ceramics. And then um, we have a few contractors who work for us for de- dev work. So I guess I'll make a long story short. Probably like 10 or 11. 11 oh, wow. Take. So, so a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 or 11. But again, um, full transparency, like one of those people included is my partner who basically does my bookkeeping for free right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of his ways to contribute and to help build the brand. Makes sense. Um, I have one person who's full-time on payroll and that's not even including myself. So, uh, we pay our contractors, we pay, I also, I also, I've also had like people volunteer to help. Like I've had, um, want to be part cons- of it, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a, a operations consultant who's been working with me now for the past, um, four months. Uh, Which... she's just been helping with the operations side of just really thinking through all those different components of like inventory and keeping track of all of our sales and things like that. So yeah, uh, 10 or 11 to answer your question. That's good. And you mentioned talking about students and interns and things like that. That's another Mm -hmm. thing I've found that's a huge avenue option for people. We've had, uh, we were a marketing project for a school. We have a a lawyer, a law student who does trademark work, who's helping us with that. Oh, very cool. There's all these ways you get touched with students and then it's experience for them and Mm -hmm. lot late free work for you or discounted yeah. work. So it's, I mean, it's a mm-hmm. great option for people too. Yeah. And I think for me, the way that I, it really, cause I wanted to make it count for all of our students. So at the end of their internship and I, we really do have a thorough programming. We have like touch points throughout. Uh, they have a focus project that they work on. So essentially whatever they choose that they can't normally learn in school. Um, and then at the end of the internship, um, I know if, Actually, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do for them, but I, I do something really sweet for them because I don't want them to. I want to spoil know. it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. But um, I also make sure that they get a, a letter of recommendation. And, oh. um, you know, those things that are really important that they can carry on with them to their next uh, venture. Uh, so Absolutely. you make it worth their while for sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next? I know it's a vague question, but going forward, I think I saw somewhere mention you've been doing speaking engagements, things mm-hmm. like that, or what else is on the docket for you? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously introducing more product and really growing in that arena. Uh, I'm still really passionate about design, and that's kind of taking the back seat for the past few years. So um, getting back into that a little bit more, I say that I want to um, remove myself from production about 80% this year. So Oof. slowly working towards that. Um, going back to that community aspect, like it really is so important to me. And we've learned through working with our internships that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for us to even go even further down the pipeline and work with like um, elementary schools and middle schools and high schools to kind of be representative and show kids, you know, Hey, like you can be black and brown and be an artist and have a career out of it. Um, So more um, things like that in the community. 
um, growing into bigger spaces. I have a big um, collection coming out with a big furniture brand in 2024. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Yeah. So a lot of things. I really want to get into YouTube, too, and do more like educational, um, how to throw, how to slip cast, things like that. Yes. Um, again, it's just about education and sharing and not gatekeeping what we've learned so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Uh, let me see how I form this next thing into a question. It seems <laughs> like, you know, of course, Lolly Lolly Ceramics is growing, getting bigger, but you've kind of got your own brand going too. I mean, between being on the show, like there's a lot of Lolly Stamps as a brand too. Mm-hmm. Are those kind of one thing in your mind or is there almost two separate things, Lolly Lolly Ceramic and your own badass founder, <laughs> you know, brand too? You know, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Um and we have been kind of exploring the different, like, because I do feel like I'm building a bit of an empire here. Yeah, and, yeah. Which yeah. is awesome, but you got to plan for the empire, too. Yeah, sure, right. yeah. Um, and I, I guess I also, one of the other things I didn't mention is that I'm writing a book right now and uh, about the 100 Mug Project. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's basically, um, it'll be like a coffee table book, but it'll, it'll go more in depth about that 100 Mug Project and how it happened and more visuals to kind of show all the all the sketches and all that kind of stuff um yeah i think that i am definitely the face of this brand and i don't think that'll ever go away i think it's important uh to to think of that to know that um and i think as we continue to grow i'll always find ways to make sure that i am obviously the head of it but uh not to steal the 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 the, the limelight like i think that there's opportunity for other people to be representatives and um yeah i don't know i i'll have to follow follow up with you about that it's like a, how it's I'll... a good it's a good problem to have but not problem but yeah yeah you know yeah. so many things to juggle at once mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and very cool uh my biggest hope is i could just hire the right people on the team yep. to help to manage all those different areas that are growing because i can't do it i can't do it alone right could be growing fast is kind of Exciting and terrifying at the same time, right? Because it, <laughs> it oh, is. this is great, but now what do I do with all this? Exactly. Yeah, I got you. Um, my my final question I always ask: If you could go back a couple of years to right when you were starting this business, what do you know now that you wish you had known then about this whole startup process? I mean, there's so many things, but something I think that I can think of in particular, I think I would be a little bit more gentle on myself. Huh. I think that um, despite everything I said. Um, earlier on, I think that I do, I, I was really hard on myself at first to really deliver and get certain things done in a certain amount of time. Um, but I think the universe, again, going back to that, it really operates in the way that it wants to. Uh, I look back, I think I look at big corporations now and the way that they hire and the way that they fire so fast. And I look at myself and I'm like, man, I am really building something that's quality and um, sustainable. And I think that you know, the slow growth isn't bad. It's actually really beneficial to the way that we want to operate. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I would change is just being a little bit more gentle on myself and not trying to meet certain expectations that I think are important. That are only you have those expectations, not the world does on you. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Um, My my final question based on something you said earlier, you said once in a while you like to lounge and take a break. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What's (laughs) What's your TV show these days? It's funny. We, we we got two TVs installed in the old TVs, by the way. These are hand-me-down TVs. These aren't like new TVs, <laughs> just to clarify. But we got um, TVs installed in the studio, one in our main workroom and one in the office. 
and they help us to like share out things on our computers so we're not sure. all looking at you know um and i do like to watch tv sometimes but the work that we do we kind of just are doing casual work it makes you um, more creative yeah yeah um but right now i'm re-watching true blood which oh gosh I, vampire stuff there you go yeah i'm not like a big vampire gal though but i do love like suspense and murder mystery and it has a lot of that yep. uh, i also think the show is just really well done re-watching i'm like wow this show's really good um and then i'm watching bachelor i you can really talk to my wife she it. loves the bachelor <laughs> so yeah. entertained by it and it's just something we put on the studio sometimes just to you know I, I will admit I've watched it too. I probably shouldn't I know you have recorded, Kyle. but I've watched it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. I, I just, you know, I do a little bit of the design work on our golf poles, which I'm not at all equating to what you do, but the even coming up with one design is so hard. And what you've done, I could not admire it anymore. That work, the creativity of people go on your website, like you make it look easy and that is so freaking hard and you've done an awesome job. So oh, thank you. congratulations on that front. Thank Let you. me recap again, Lily stamps, lolly, Go to the website, look at everything she's got. Awesome. And then tons of social media presence at lolly, lolly ceramics and project pitch it. You're on episode three, which airs April 8th. Coming Milwaukee. Soon. That's right. And then May 7th, there's a rerun and then all over the state after that. So cool. Thanks That's for having it. me. Thank you. This thank was such you. a treat. We'll, uh, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Yeah. Bye. All right. Thank you. And that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Huge thanks to Luis for joining us. Go to her website. Look at the mugs. They are awesome. Really cool stuff. And lots more to come. More guests from the Project Pitch It Show. More entrepreneurs. Lots more Wisconsin startup stories to tell. Thank you for joining us.